Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to another episode of the Firetime Podcast. And this is going to be a really cool conversation. I've been super excited about this entire series to talk to the different contributors that you're going to be hearing from in the Firetime magazine because I think that every single one of them brings something really unique to the table and you're going to just hear some amazing perspectives from people who are actually doing the work. And this is at all levels of the industry, right? Retailers, distributors, manufacturers, sales reps, all the above. Now, Today's conversation is with my friend Peter Parsons out of Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, and you'll hear us talk about this when we get into the conversation, but it's just so funny for me. I, I live in Portland, Oregon, right? So like the very edge of the West Coast, and and I had to look on a map when I first met Peter to see where Newfoundland was, which you know says something about my level of ignorance, but he is on an island 90 miles off of the East Coast of North America. I mean, he is like almost to Iceland. When, when we schedule this call, he's four and a half hours ahead of me, a quarter of the way around the world. And it's so cool to see that despite us being so far away from a geographic perspective, we have so many of the same issues and opportunities that are in front of us because of this amazing industry. So a, a few things that I want you to, to pay attention to in this conversation. The, the heart of this is really about the passion of sales. And you guys know from listening to this, like when, when I get excited about something, it's, it's pretty obvious. It just takes me over and like I, I, I can't help but just get really amped about it. And Peter's the same way. We get into different things having to do with pellet stoves and running his business and, and, and talking to customers. And you're going to feel that same excitement. And what's, what's really cool about this, we, we touch on it in different points of the conversation, but if you're somebody who maybe you're younger or maybe you tend to like naturally just get like really excited and worked up about what you do. That obviously, you know, can become overbearing and I struggle with this as well, but there is something so genuine and amazing about that, that, that rallies people around you. And one of the themes of this is that having passion for what you do forgives a lot of sins. Like when, when you're selling something and excited about it, you can get away with a lot of bad habits if you if you genuinely love what you do and people know it. So I talk about this a little bit in the conversation, but in my first, you know, probably six, seven years in the industry, I was not a great salesperson. Now, if you would have asked my boss at the time, he would have said, "Yeah, you know, Tim's great. He's one of our one of our best people. You know, gets gets good numbers." And and looking back, well, I didn't have like organizational skills. I didn't think about the sales process. But what I did have was passion about the product, and and it was amazing how I was still able to get pretty good results without all of those other habits. Now, the cool thing about maturing in your craft is being able to take that passion and and become self-aware about it so you don't just steamroll people, but but hone that passion and focus that passion with organization and tools and discipline and habits and and man, like you're a force to be reckoned with once you can do that. I think one of the tough things is that as people go longer and longer in our industry, they get burned out. And they lose the passion for what they do and it they make sales by default and they start treating customers like they're an annoyance versus just a, an immense blessing. So this conversation is going to be really cool and, and I want you to hear just the heart and the genuineness of what Peter is doing. Now, as you listen to this, he's a retailer just like many of you. But he's got some incredible little nuggets that you're going to pick up that I guarantee you can put into your business right away to make a difference. So I'm going to jump out of the way so that you can hear this conversation and I have a few thoughts to wrap it up. Joining me from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland is the owner of the Tin Man Incorporated and contributor to the Firetime Magazine. I'm joined today by Peter Parsons. How you doing, Peter? Not bad. Yourself? Or I should say, in, New, in, in Newfoundland, how's you getting on? What? How's you getting on? <laughs> how's you getting on? I, Where are you at today? <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever had anyone say that to me. It's kind of like the other day, uh, I was talking to someone that said y'all. And there's nothing wrong with people that say y'all, but I was just thinking, I don't think those words have 
ever left my mouth until just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Peter, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. And me and you connected a couple years ago through the podcast. And as we talked, I found out really quickly that, that you run this business in Newfoundland and, and your market is really like freestanding wood stoves. And I feel like especially like pellet stoves are, are very close to your heart. And out here in the Pacific Northwest, that's just a much smaller priority compared to gas because, you know, at least for me, I live in a, in a much more urban environment. There's, there's a lot of access to, to very cheap natural gas. And, and I've appreciated just learning how your business differs from the businesses that I've come up in. So fast forward uh, a year or so later, I was in New Orleans talking to Zach Fisher from Compact Appliances and your name came up and I was telling Zach that, you know, Hey, I, I've met Peter, I've talked to him and, and, you know, they sell you guys pellet stoves and other things. And I was like, it's just incredible, like that pellet stove market in Newfoundland and, and, and how, how different it is than life out here in the Pacific Northwest. And Zach goes, Tim, you don't, you don't get it. There's, there's not a pellet stove market. Peter grew it. Like it didn't exist. And Peter decided that there needed to be a pellet stove market and he threw everything into it. And now there's a pellet stove market. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to set you up with that just to start with, you know, we're going to be talking today about the passion of the sale. But for you, you know, kind of taking a market that either didn't exist or barely existed and turned it into like a thriving major part of your business, I'd love to just tee you up and hear you talk about that. I think a lot of it, though, comes for me, it comes from the products too, right? So I, I being in the hearth industry, you kind of learn about all the other products that are on the market. And one that came to me was Herman. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have it. It was sold by our competitors, but it wasn't sold, uh, wasn't sold much. And to queue up, though, Newfoundland in general. We're an island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. We're 90 miles from mainland North America. So not everything here works the same as it does on the mainland. We don't have natural gas here. We use propane. So we have propane tanks. It's more expensive to uh, operate. So it, you know, like where you guys have the, a lot of gas fireplace sales and things too, and we still have those things, but they don't save people money they don't sure. fix that problem when someone comes in through the door like i can't sell a customer a gas fireplace and say hey your you know your your power bill is going to go down by 50 percent this month but you're going to spend equal amount of propane or more just to yeah. have you know your fireplace well and so you guys are you guys are so cold up there in the winters too yeah we're cold it's 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 cold here but it's it's the, the different kind of cold like it, we have the a lot of humidity here and we're surrounded by salt water and like even things like like the heat pump boom the heat pump boom came right down through through newfoundland uh you know a couple of years after it kind of went through nova scotia and new brunswick and stuff and a lot of people went that route and we did too we we got into it but for me we we like to be our guinea pigs ourselves like i put a couple of heat pumps in my home see what it was going to be like and i wasn't impressed and there was a lot of issues with heat pumps so we had to come up with some kind of alternative to give people you know a way to save money and be comfortable and warm and not everybody wants to burn wood like we, we are we have one of the highest per capita uh wood burning um so uh, we're the highest contributor so um in particular matter actually in, in canada per person so it means that uh, more people have have wood stoves here than anything else but when you get an aging population like we do um you want to be able to put something in and pellet stoves were the way to go but we had experience with pellet stoves with lots of different brands and the, the brands that you know drop pellets in were given pellet stoves in general a bad name because you know we were getting a lot of issues with uh pellet stoves having to be cleaned out every day and yep. just a lot of negativity when people walk in walked into our store 10 years ago and i made a suggestion to have a pellet stove they would kind of look at me and go, no, nah, that's junk. I don't want that. I got a brother-in-law who's got one of them and he got it at a certain box store and, and you know, and, and he's got, uh, it's been, he's had it for 13 months and there's no parts for it anymore and you can't find anybody to fix it. And I'm like, yeah. well, let me tell you about uh, this brand called Harmon. And Harmon is what started it for me. Um, you know, we, we put them in our own homes. It all of a sudden from going from cleaning it every day to Pellistos every day to Harmon going months at a time with having to touch it. And just the way that the pellet pro system worked in it, it was just, it's been phenomenal, phenomenal. And, you know, like everybody, it's, it's funny to see it 10 years later. And 10 years later, you look at it and people are coming in going, you got those pellet stoves that push pellets from the bottom up? No way. <laughs> and it's, it's really funny because it's, it's, it's not, 
now it was before like they weren't asking for that and you know you had to kind of point them to it better coming to us looking for it so yeah. it's, it's really neat yeah so what you're doing is like you're branding your customers you're saying the same message over and over and over and now they associate your company and also like what's right in those products that's amazing that you're doing that and and i feel like too we talked about this a little bit offline and i think it's important to mention like you run all these things in your house by having in your home your own home you have an experience that the same experience that the customer is going to get you know so like how it works, how it smells, even. Yeah. How, you know, how much heat you have, how much comfort, what's it like, how big is your house, you know, do you feel the heat in the other end? How much, how hard is it to clean? You can talk about these things that the customer themselves are going to go through rather than spit, you know, ETUs at them and, and all this stuff that they don't really need to know anything about. So I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, if you're a retailer and you don't have those products in your home, like, is to me, it's just like the ultimate, you know, insult to your product. And the other thing too, like for me, I've had, I've been here 16 years. I've had 12 different stoves in my house at, at that, in that length of time. And like the manufacturers make it easy for us because they do our burn credits for us. They do burn employee credits. So, so retailers can take advantage of that. So like, even all my employees, they all have this stuff and we, we, you know, we, we give those those guys those things too, and every every year we switch them out. So we've got a uh, had a staff member the other day, and he had a Harman XXV, and because we're able to get the burn credits, we were able to sell that thing off cheaper, get them into a new unit, but it didn't cost us anything because what we sold it for, we got the other one paid for. So he got a brand new unit in his home now, something different. He's got that experience as well with it, so he understands now what. Uh, how to use that stove and how to sell that to other customers. That's so powerful. You know, I, I keep going back to you first start selling out of a brochure when you're young. And and I'll never forget a low pie endeavor has a four and a quarter inch clearance to a back wall with double wall pipe. And like, awesome. Like, that's great that it does. It's really convenient compared to a six or a seven inch clearance, right? Yeah. That's probably not what you lead with in, in, in most sales situations. But I used to pride myself on like knowing every single fact in the brochure, every corner clearance, and and there's a time and a place for all that knowledge. I'm not saying that there that there isn't, but that time and a place is not your first interaction with the customer in the showroom unless their problem needs that specific answer. For sure. And what what I found is that is I was selling out of a brochure. I I was okay, but there was a ton of people that that walked out, and and things changed for me. This would have been, oh man, probably. 13, 14 years ago now when my boss at the time gave me a big green egg and, and my life changed because all of a sudden I owned and used one of the products in my own home that I was selling. And it actually made me better at selling everything, not just big green egg, but especially with big green egg, I got a lot better at selling it. A few years later when me and my wife bought a house, we had this like crappy builder grade fireplace that, that came with the house. And it, it wasn't great. It, it was inefficient, but it still put off some heat and, and we'd, you know, we'd, we'd burn it still three, four hours a night. But having that in my house and, and having something in my home that we gathered around that we used and that gave us warmth absolutely empowered me to be able to sell gas fireplaces. And the beauty is because it was 30,000 BTUs, it's like, I could sell inserts. I could sell freestanding stuff. Everything's 30,000 BTUs. So I can confidently say to a customer, like, you know what? I've got a product in my house that puts out about that exact amount of heat, and this is how it helps our family. And and, and who can argue with your story? Like, it, it's yours. It, and I, I think that what you're doing for your team members is really smart, and, and that's going to pay off in spades if, if, if owners and managers listening to this can do the same thing of getting their products in their team members' houses. I think they'll see their, their sales and their customer satisfaction skyrocket. The other thing, too, I find with it is you also have – knowledge now of how that product works and how the innards and experiential outs, knowledge yeah, the innards and outards too like so when there is issues or you know for us like I, for some reason I, I it's beyond me why but there's i think we've got like nine or ten hearth dealers in newfoundland like major dealers and they all don't like pellet stoves because they're complicated and i find that so odd because you carry, you've got a gas fireplace with an IPI board and all these sensors and limits and things like that, and they're talking about pellet stoves like like they're ultimately like a spaceship, and I I find it so strange because you know it's it's 
it's just, it's really odd. Like, it's really odd because when you have it yourself in your own home and like you're doing your own work on it, I mean, I'm not going to call my own staff to come over and service it for me, or you're not going to call some other company to do it for you. So you're going to do it yourself. You're going to, you know, you're yeah. going to pick at it a little bit and you're going to learn from that. And when you learn from that, I mean, it just becomes easier to sell, like, you know, and then if there's problems with it, like when you get a really good manufacturer, this is, this is what I like when they, when they listen to you and they actually come out with some things, like we found issues with, with Harmon Pellis. It was like, I'm in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, all right? So uh, for any of your listeners that are there, Google it and look where we're to. <laughs> I take two to three calls a week from all over the U.S., all right? Which is really weird, okay? Because my little store with 20,000 people around me in my little community, I'm getting calls from like Missouri, I had uh, Wisconsin the other day, Pennsylvania. I'm getting, I'm getting calls, and I'm getting calls all different kinds of accents. They're looking at my YouTube videos. Well, I think that what you're doing is really cool, and, it, and it's super obvious for anybody listening, like how fired up you get. And I'm kind of the same way. Like if you get me rolling on on something having to do with like sales or marketing or I mean other interests that I have. You know, there, I, I naturally just have a ton of passion because I, I just get excited about things. I, I was talking to a friend the other day and he's like, I, I had someone once tell me that like, you know, Tim, when you answer the phone, it sounds like you're skydiving all the time just because like you're so excited. And I was telling him, I was like, dude, I live an exciting life. Like, what can I say? <laughs> and I, I, th- I think that having passion and an excitement about what you sell does that frankly forgives a lot of sins. I think it forgives a lot of bad habits and I think it rallies people to you, you know, wh- like what what has that done for for your customers and for your team to to have you know someone like you that's so passionate and excited about the product leading the charge it's interesting it's interesting when customers like if you look at just the Herman lineup and I keep going back to Herman because that's what we sell the lowest price stove for us is the P43 which is Herman's lowest price stove i won't say T because we're not <laughs> but it's it's $3957 our one of our most expensive ones is the XXV uh in a color or or the uh, absolute 63 in a color and they're like $7500 yeah the price and, and that's Canadian. So to be able to talk to a customer about this when they walk in and knowing they're not kind of looking for that unit, but they end up buying that unit or giving you that deposit on that $7,500 unit. And they look at you after and they say, you know, you're so passionate about, about these, these products. They use that word themselves with me. And I just, you know, it's, it's flattering. It's, it's flattering, but it's just, it's something that I believe yep. in. The product works. If it, if it didn't work, I wouldn't be selling it. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's where the honesty comes in too, because if the product doesn't work, I don't think you can really do that to customers and have it. Cause you know, what's going to happen. Those calls are going to come in after we're going to be looking for you. You know, it's not working like they want it. And I don't want those calls. I don't, I, I want to be able to be on the floor selling the customers rather than being on the phone trying to fix it. Do you find that, a lot of other dealers have lost that passion where it just kind of becomes a chore for them. Yeah, I think so. I like, I, I hear it a lot. I hear, I, I just, I'm mind boggled how people don't treat other people like they'd want to be treated in the built like the golden rule. And I mean, like I get this all the time where customers come in and they're, they've been somewhere else. They've been insulted. They didn't like the way that they were, you know, they were treated. And then they, they were just like a number and, you know, when you come into our store, we treat everybody the same. We're, we're happy to see them. You know, we, we have conversations with them. It's like they're uh, a part of our family. And I mean, they go away with great products. What more could you ask for? Yeah. You know, I, I think that there's something so special towards creating an experience that's going to benefit them for years to come. And, and I, I think about like when... When someone comes into a store or like if I'm if I'm looking to buy something that's going to be like a fireplace type product, like I'm looking for an experience, not and, and not even necessarily like an experience in the showroom, but I'm looking for an experience in my life for for years and years and years after that. If I'm going to be dropping, you know, four to ten thousand dollars on something, uh, I'm, I'm nervous about it and, and I want this to deliver for me. And so, you know, to come into a showroom and work with a salesperson that is living that experience that I want and they can tell me about what it's done for them. It's like, it provides like a safety net where, where I start to think like, not necessarily that I want their life, but that, but that there's something in their experience that I'm missing and they can help me on my way. And I, and I think it's super powerful. Like uh, emotions are the reason that we make purchasing decisions and we, and we justify it logically. So like, 
the other day I was I was buying some like music gear to to do some recording with, and I, I researched it. I've been thinking about it, and bef- like when when I didn't have it, I felt this like emotional aspirational identity that I that I was lacking. That like oh man, my music could sound so good. What could my life be like if I if I had this equipment? Like just think about like how good my my stuff would sound. And then to like to meet somebody that's like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I did that and I've got that sound and this is what it's done for me, Tim. You can do the same thing. That that for me, when I'm nervous because it's expensive or whatever, makes it so easy for me to take action and get the same result. And we we kind of like lie to ourselves. I, I I think that that salespeople that are not confident lie to themselves and think that it's all about specs and numbers. And it's not. It, 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 it's, it's about a customer taking an emotional leap to get an experience that they want. And as the expert, we have to make sure that the facts and the figures and the numbers are going to deliver the goods. Like that's just the cost of entry for doing business. Otherwise, you're going to you know have pitchforks and torches outside your store. But, but it really does come down to emotions. And I think that the passion of the sale is infectious and people will take action when they see it. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent there. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly amazing um, how that all works. And if you listen to the podcast, I mean, it, it when people don't listen to your podcast, like I, I, I hear I, I'm around the other dealers and stuff in here and they don't, they don't take that. In. And it's been, it's been like single most best tool I have ever had in, in business. And I was guilty of selling at a nine or a 10, but the passion brings it down also to a one or a two for the customers. Like we're talking about, you know, you're talking about that part of the product and stuff because it's, it's the way it feels in your home. It's, you know, it's the way it smells in your home. It's the, it's the work you have to do with it or whatever it is. And it's, it's that one or two that you've said that it, it, it automatically puts you on. And that's the other thing. Like you can't, a fireplace in your showroom can't tell you how it's going to feel in your home. Yes. You know, like our showrooms are all different. Some of them are older or drafty, things like that. How it works and is, is just in a showroom is not going to do it for you. Like you can stand over by it and feel, hey, it's giving off heat, all that kind of stuff. It should be great. It's not the same when it's in your home, when, you, when you're actually – because most of us have the same problems other customers do. Our, our, our heating bills are high, and we want to get it down as well. I mean, that's the thing. So, you know, when you put it in there and it does that for you, when you get that leak bill. Like, I'm I'm a stickler for when the leak bill shows up. No, I call it leak bill. That's our power bill. So yeah, yeah. we have electricity for heat here. And, like, when that power bill comes in, and I'm like, what? I'm asking the wife, did, you know, is the bill in today? And she's like, yeah, well, let me have a look at that. <laughs> Yeah, I want to. I want to see how many kilowatts we burned last last month. The big yeah. bill stove on. Let's just see how much we're saving. And you know, and that's the kind of thing. And you can pass on. Like I, I've, I remember in the early days when people were really critical on pellet stoves, and they couldn't believe me. I used to keep copies of my power bill in the showroom so that I could show them the differences because our our power bills here show our kilowatts we used the previous year. Yeah, for the same month. Yep. And I would show them like the previous year. There was even, there was years I took a year off from burning anything so I could get my numbers back and yeah. see what it was like, <laughs> just to get a base to get a baseline. I'm not kidding you. When I when I put in like we I tested heat pumps, like heat pumps here. That was a big thing. Like heat pumps, people were going mad over heat pumps. And when I put heat pump in, I did not fire wood off the wood stove or the pellet stove, whatever was in at the time. I let it, I let the heat pump run, and I wanted to see what it was like too to compare just to get an idea because I've been. Like I said, I've been a stickler on my on my light bills, and you know I didn't save that money that it was that it was claiming, and you know and I, I'm like, how can I sell this to customers? And everybody else is jumping on the heat pump bandwagon, and you know like it's it's we put hours in uh, one upstairs and one down, and you know had it hooked up. We had uh, technicians on staff, and we did it all here, and it just you know like. You know, five, ten percent savings, and then longevity. We're not getting longevity. Like my unit now is uh, about five, six years old. I think is what it is now, and it doesn't work, and I can't get rid yeah. And it's something that you know, a, a six thousand dollar investment, and all of a sudden, like you're getting seven years out of it. It's kind of like I, I, I phrase it like buying a car. You know, yeah. a lot of people buy a new car now, and and we usually take it the longest amount of payment for it. So for here, eighty four months is the is the is the, the norm. So after 84 months or, you know, you, you've got it, you figure, okay, you're payment free. So then, but it's worn out by then. Yep. You got to take it back and trade it and get another payment again. 
And that's what he comes have done here. So I take that knowledge and I, you know, and I'm honest with customers. I get customers come in and, and they've got a problem and they want to keep their lipo down. And they're coming and they look for either a heat pump, a fire, a propane fireplace, a pellet stove, or a wood stove. I eliminate the propane fireplace and the heat pump from that conversation right off the bat because I explain to them the differences, what heat pumps do here on our island versus, say, the rest of, of Canada. Sure. And it's a completely different environment. And then they kind of, you know, then you see them go, you know what? I researched that. Yeah, I heard. I, I've seen some complaints on heat pumps and stuff, too. I also saw some good stuff, but it, it really depends on where they're doing the research. And that's kind of the curse of the Internet, too, right? Yeah. People are doing their research online, and what works in one environment or one part of the country is completely different than another. And Newfoundland is a testament to that. Yeah, well, and, and as people research online, you're right that it, it can be tough, but I think overall it's a win because the cool thing is that if you can own it, so like if someone comes in and has a faulty piece of information, you never make them feel stupid, but you can own it and be like, oh, you know what? Like I've read that same thing, but it actually applies more on the West Coast of the United States than it does up in Newfoundland, Canada, like that, that gives you so much credibility because you're affirming the work that they've done, but you're also, which builds trust, but then you're, you're directing them towards what's going to be more accurate for their space. One thing that, that you brought up, like, I love that you brought in your, your past light bills. That's incredible. Cause I never brought mine into the store, but I, I, I would measure the same thing. So like when, when we replaced that builder grade fireplace, probably six years ago or so with like a, a really sweet direct vent fireplace in uh, our living room, we we instantly saw our, our heating bills go down. And honestly, we weren't even trying to really use it for heat. It was just it was just what happened. And one of the things that's so funny when I when I go into work with different businesses or secret shop, I I don't think I've ever asked this question and had someone be able to tell me. But it's but it's like the easiest thing in the world where people will just say like, well, how much does this thing cost to run on average? And like most salespeople have no idea, and they're like, uh. I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's thirty thousand BTUs an hour, and so I, you know, I I'm I'm not sure. Like they stumble all over themselves, and and someone told me this. I don't know, like ten, twelve years ago, where it's like, look at your gas bill at the end of the month. It it tells you what you're getting charged per therm, and a, a therm is going to be equal to a hundred thousand BTUs. And so, like in 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 my market, it's it's right at about a dollar. So like I can I can tell you that every hundred thousand BTUs I burn cost me a dollar. Well, okay, if I go downstairs into my the furnace in my garage, which is natural gas, it's eighty thousand BTUs an hour. So every hour that my furnace is on, it costs me eighty cents an hour. Every hour my fireplace is on on high costs me thirty cents an hour. And if I turn that thing down to low, fifteen cents an hour. So okay, would I would I rather burn my fireplace on low for like? six to seven hours and really comfortably warm up the space that I'm in or crank my furnace up for 80 cents an hour and just let that thing heat every square foot of my house where people aren't in 90% of it. Like, you know, um, I saw, I saw an ad for, I I think it was, it was like a Mitsubishi heat pump or ductless system that, that Grant sent to me. And the commercial was so good. And, and it was someone who every time they turned on their water faucet to wash their hands, every water faucet in the entire house and their host spigot outside turned on. And, and it's like, that's, that's what a furnace does. And, and that's not bad. Like it, it keeps your entire house from freezing, but just having the knowledge of this is how much a fireplace costs per hour versus a furnace. And I can tell you, cause I've, I've got my heating bill right here it's amazing. And like, for me, I saw sometimes 40, $50 a month savings in, in the cold winter months, which adds up over time. The The point of that is that if you're just selling out of, out of a brochure, you don't care. You're not telling people about that stuff. You're not talking about, Oh, this is how it works with my heating bill. And Oh, you know what? I, I read that same thing too on the internet. Did you see this YouTube video? That's perfect. Because in your situation, this is exactly what we're going after. Like, I think that when you have that passion, it, it instantly starts to connect you with others and and it can be overbearing. Like one of my problems is I can steamroll people and I got to be really careful not to be overbearing, but, but man, having passion for what you sell forgives a lot of sins and a lot of bad habits. We'll get back to our conversation with Peter Parsons in just one minute. 
Hey, as you've been listening to this conversation, you are hearing me speak to one of the contributors of the Firetime magazine. And we are so excited that this thing is launched and every single month you can get free articles, interviews, and other helpful content so that you can grow yourself and your business and also just be aware of what's going on at the national level in our industry. Now, this is something that you've heard me talk about for a long time, but the reason I'm so excited about it is because this magazine is bigger than any one of us. Our team of contributors is from all across North America, working at every level of the industry, from retailers to distributors, sales reps, and, and people who work for manufacturers, as well as outside consultants and, and true subject matter experts. And, and we know that this content is something that is going to be more practical to grow you in this industry than anything else that's out there. And so there's two ways that you can get a hold of this magazine. If you have a smartphone or a tablet, go to the website, itsfiretime.com slash app, and you can download our free app to get every issue sent to you at no charge. Or you could also search in the Android or the Apple App Store for the Firetime magazine, and you'll see that app pop right up. Now, if you want to read this on your computer, you can go to the website, itsfiretime.com slash magazine, and there's a link right there that you can click to read it on your web browser. We can't wait to see how this content shapes you and have just some amazing plans for the rest of the year. So take advantage of getting the Firetime magazine totally free so that you can stay in the loop and grow your business along with everyone else's reading this. You know, you, you brought this up and I'd love to turn here talking about the language that we use in the showroom. And you talked about being guilty of, of selling to people at a nine or a 10. If, if this is a new concept to you, there's a, there's a book called the art of explanation written by Lee Lefevre. And he, and he talks about how anytime you become an expert on something on like a scale of one to 10 or, or a to Z, you're going to be at the far end of the spectrum, like a nine or a 10 and, and your customers probably at a one or a two. And it's super hard to simplify what you're saying because you forget what it was like to not have the knowledge that you have. And, and, and Peter, I've been guilty of the same thing for years and years and years, totally selling over people's heads, not because they were dumb, but just because I had access to information that they didn't have. What's, what's been your journey in, in simplifying the way that you talk about things without ignoring technical specs and information when, it, when it's necessary? I, I, I literally pretty much ignored the technical specs. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's I did I caught and and I'm just gonna stop because and this is from someone who knows the technical specs of like pellet stoves better than anyone else that yeah, I know. I, I I ignore it altogether now. It's it's more of um, it, I want to make myself sound smart. I just I have this thing with you know I'm I'm supposed to be an expert in this field, and someone comes into my store and I'm got to be the smartest person in the room. That's how you make the sale. That's what I was. So many so many salespeople suffer from that. People think that that complexity makes them look smart, and and it actually it doesn't. It, it really doesn't. Like man, to to you know, Einstein talks about how everything should be broken down to its simplest form and no simpler, and that's really profound because there are things that you you cannot break down too far. But to be able to take something complex and break it down into simple steps, I believe takes extreme intelligence and, and extreme focus. I, I don't remember who it was, but it might have been like Mark Twain or someone like that. When they would write letters, they would say, I apologize for the length of this letter. If I, It would have been shorter if I would have had more time. When customers have in the past couple of years come in and then they walk out more confused and they tell you that they're more confused now than when they walked in, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, so you got to look in that mirror and kind of say like, hey, like, it's, it's not them, it's me. And yes. what am I doing wrong? And then all of a sudden you hear this guy on, on a podcast say, hey, sell it out of one or two. <laughs> I won't say dumb it down, but like to be able to sell it out of one or two and, and get it at the customer's level, it's truly, a, it's a unique and a humbling experience for sure. It is. And, and, and it's not dumbing it down because it is extremely difficult to put these complex pieces together in simple ways. And, you know, so like, there's a there's a manufacturer I was talking to one time because some of their vernacular was just it was really confusing and I was telling them, "Hey, I would really recommend changing the way that you present these products because it's just it's overwhelming. These words don't make any sense." And the and the answer was, "Well, we like it that way so that way that people talk to a salesperson." And I'm like, "Wrong answer. You know, they're going to take one look at this website and hit the back button or they're going to they're going to walk right out of your showroom <laughs> or look at something else that's easier." Like who who wants to be like 
oh man, this is confusing. Let me go find a salesperson. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. Imagine that on a brochure and trying to get, I that know, answer I know, home. but you know, I, I, I think that this conversation about simplicity is, is really, really important. And it's something that like, it's, it's so basic, but we got to keep going back to it. I, I find this for myself over and over and over again. And um, I actually got this awesome book that I'm in the middle of reading. It's a it's a book on writing direct mail copy from the mid 1980s, and and it's so awesome. And 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 this guy 30 years ago writing this book, the first thing he says is he says when you're writing, never make yourself sound smart. You know, because at the time in the 80s, what this, this is like the junk mail that you get, right? It'd be like it'd be a, a message being like. You know, dear Mr. Parsons, do you struggle with heating bills that are too high? Well, let me tell you about a, a nice new pellet stove by, you know, Harman or, or Quadrifier, or, you know, I don't know, whoever makes pellet stoves, right? That That's what it was. And it, at the time in the 80s, you'd read it and throw some of it away, or maybe you'd take action and call the number or send in a postcard. But this guy says, he, he goes, the, the last thing in the world you want someone to do when they're reading your, your, your direct mail copy that you send to them, and this would be true for in the showroom too. The last thing in the world you want them to do is to think, oh my gosh, this, this fellow is really smart. I, I wonder if they sell anything. And then they move on with their day, right? Like you don't want someone in your showroom, and, and I've been guilty of this, is, is you, you use all the technical phrases and you talk about the canooter valve and the power vent system and you know all this whatever. And at the end of it, they're just like, oh my gosh, how did, how did you learn all this? And, and I used to just puff myself up and be like, oh, well, you know, I've been doing this a few years and I used to be an installer and, you know, my father-in-law owned the fireplace. And I'd tell my life story and they'd walk out the door. And I guarantee like same thing. They get back in the car and think, oh, what a, what a smart young man. And then they go and buy a stove from somebody down the street. I guarantee it. Yeah. Who could sell it more simple? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I want to, I want to pivot Peter and I, I love talking about this stuff and I could nerd out on it for a long time, but you are one of the people that me and Grant instantly thought about as a contributor for the Firetime magazine when we were launching this thing. And what, what I am super excited about with this magazine is that the lion's share of the content is going to be written by real people that are in the industry, right? At all levels, manufacturers, retailers, distributors, sales reps, like you name it, it's going to be authentic content. And and I think that you have a really unique voice and, and I'm excited just to hear about like, what kinds of things are you thinking that you want to be sharing with the industry through the magazine? I think for me, um, the, I, I like the technical part of it. I, I really enjoy the, the, innards and outers of how things work. I'm, I'm a, a tinkerer by trade yeah. and I just, I love that part of it. Um, I love bringing the passion to it too. I love the sale. I, I'm, I, you know, my experiences with sales, um, we, I don't have any schooling. Like I don't, I never came from, you know, no degrees and things like that. I don't have business degrees, but you know, we got, we were, and I think we're like, many. I'm a second generation, business owner and I'm first generation hurts. We didn't do, I'm, I'm a cheap metal worker by trade. And, you know, we, we were forced into this business by, because we were renting a building that had a store upstairs and we were in our sheet metal shop and it became this bigger thing. And we're part of something now. And, you know, 20 years later, and it's, it's exciting. It's very exciting being on this roller coaster. And I like writing about that stuff. And, and the neat thing about it is the more you travel or the more you, you know, talk to people, you know, on Zoom and, and stuff like that, the more you, you figure out that a lot of people have the same experience as you do. Yeah. You know, and that's the, that's the thing that the podcast brought to, to, to me when I started listening, like in all these interviews, all these people, like I was really bothered, you know, when you said you wanted to speak to me on the podcast, because I'm listening to all these smart people <laughs> that you've been interviewing and, and it's like, he's calling me for what? And it's just like, you know, it's, 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 it's very humbling experience to even speak to you. Cause I'm a fan. I am. I'm a fan of the show and, and all you do. And it's amazing how you figured it out. You lifted a veil on the industry. And I think that the magazine is that next progressive step, you know, to doing that. We know that, uh, that, that, you know, the, the trade magazine being Hearth and Home is, is, is now gone and we need something there. And I think that, if the people aren't listening to the podcast, they should be released reading the magazine. And that's the kind of content that they're going to get from Yeah, me. I appreciate you saying that, Peter. And and I think that like a couple things, like one one I've found is that 
you know, giving giving away knowledge is a superpower. I I I I really believe that, and I think that that's what our industry, in a lot of ways, has been missing. Is like knowledge has been so tight fisted because, well, if if anybody hears about this, I'm sunk. And I I think a much better way to look at it is like, man, I'm gonna have a million good ideas in my life, and the longer that I hold on to this one tight fisted, I don't have capacity for anything else. And the the podcast has 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 you know hopefully been a a mechanism to help get ideas and content out there. And I, I think that the magazine can too. And, uh, you know, I guess when I, when I think about like the idea of the people that I interview and things like that in the podcast, like I'm a fan of like pretty much everybody that's on the podcast. And, and one of the things that's been so funny, I was talking to, uh, I don't know who it was I was talking to me and me and Grant were somewhere and, and Grant was, was on a roll talking with this, this business owner about like the warehouse and inventory systems and things like that. And I was legitimately jealous watching him. Like I was watching him being like, gosh, dang it. I'm not that smart. I don't know what he's he's like. He is, he is bringing it. And, and, and I thought like, man, like how cool is it that I get to partner up with somebody that I'm a fan of and that like, I look at them and be like, Oh my gosh, like I want to be there someday. I think that that's really, really cool. And, and unfortunately, like if, you know, if people's egos are like really inflated or they're really insecure, it can be hard to, to say that about a friend or about someone that, you know, but man, I, I think that, I think that given that given knowledge away is, is a superpower. And, and I think that, you know, even, even for you, Peter, as, as you're talking about, like, what am I going to bring to the table? I just look at everything you've talked about in this episode and it's like, man, there is so much there. Like when you, when you talk about simplifying the sales process and building a pellet market, we, like we forget how important the knowledge is that we have. I got to stop you too on that because when you say giving knowledge is a superpower, but receiving knowledge too, there's merit to that. And mm. I think that a lot of people can be are guilty of thinking they know too much. So and I'm never too old to learn. That's the thing about this industry. I mean, there's, there's, I've got colleagues in this industry who think that they know everything and they're, you know, and they're, you know, basically God when it comes to sales or, when it comes to, yep. you know, service and stuff like that. And then they really get taken down a peg when, when they lose that sale and stuff. And I just, I, 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 I'm, you know, I, I'm blown away how, how people treat other people. And, you know, because of that, I think that curse of knowledge and it's just, it's uh it's truly really a sight to behold when a customer can walk in your store and, you know, like they can talk about the places that they've been already. And yeah, we tend to always get, the customers coming in after they've been somewhere else and it's like night and day difference and they walk away with like like out of our store and it's a breath of fresh air and i'm and like i was we talked you know before we went on on the podcast here we talked about our showroom and stuff and our showroom like i'm jealous of everybody else's showroom but ours (laughs) damn i'm super jealous because we don't have a great showroom it's not good it's you know and our little building we have, and we have, we make it work. We make it work on fashion, and we make it work on our, our way we treat customers and stuff. And it's just people walk away like breathing a sigh of relief because they've got that purchase now finally done. And I just, I love it. I love, I love going to work every morning, and I love helping people. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. Well, and and you nailed it. Like, man, when when you get someone walking into your store that's been in somewhere else, man, that's like Christmas time because yeah. that tells you that they're serious. Like, they've been somewhere and they, and they've driven to a, a another store. And like most stores are hard to find, and you know, like like a lot of the showrooms that I've worked in in the past, like they're they're small parking lots and tiny showrooms. And and like if someone's willing to to traverse that, and this is their second showroom of the day, like man, they're they're ready to do some business. So. Peter, it's been awesome talking to you, man. Oh, I think that you bring a ton to the table and I'm super excited just to see your contributions in the magazine and, and what that's going to do to help dealers all across the country. Thanks for having me, Tim, especially being this little dealer on this little island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's, uh, it's true. Oh, yeah, dude. It's truly, yeah, it's truly unique to be, uh, to be on this thing. I, I love it. And I love listening to the show. You do a great job for this industry. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Peter Parsons. For me, it was a real treat to get to talk to him. And I think that there's some amazing takeaways. Now, I want you to listen at at the end. I hope you pick this up. You know, Peter talks about the fact that his showroom 
isn't the best. He's he's a family business. He's in the building that he's in. It's a three-story building, and he has to work with the tools that that he has. And and I know I've been in situations just like that where the last showroom that I had at Fireside, it was small. It was it was less than 2000 square feet. There were there were there were situations where we wanted to build certain models in and we just we just didn't have space. We couldn't do it. So we had to make the most of what we had. But Despite that, Peter has grown a monster pellet market in Newfoundland. He's won awards from different manufacturers as one of their top flight dealers. And it's because he's doing some amazing things in the sales process that I think that you can replicate. Okay, so number one, listen to the fact that he gives his employees products for their own homes. I mean, you might think like, man, like that costs a lot of money. But what an investment, right? If you've got your service technicians burning your gas stoves or your pellet stoves in their own homes, think about how powerful this is, right? So imagine a service technician has a really nice gas fireplace in their house and they go out to fix somebody's old broken one. And the person says, man, like, is this even worth doing? Like, what's it like getting a new fireplace? Well, this service tech just jumps right in and just says, well, you know, this is what I have in my house and it's been really nice. This is this is what it's done for us. I guarantee you are going to have service customers that were looking at 200 to $300 repairs turning into full-blown fireplace sales because the service tech had experiential knowledge. Service technicians are trusted because customers don't think they're salespeople. So, so folks let down their guard when they're talking to them. And if your service technicians actually use the products that you sell in their own home, They'll talk about it. And, you know, a, a lot of service techs don't want to be salespeople. They don't want to shove something down a person's throat. They get nervous about it. So if they have this, they just talk about it naturally, and I guarantee it makes sales. In addition to that, it helps them uncover issues before they get to customers, right? Like, you know, Peter talked about the fact that our customers are not going to be guinea pigs for us. And so, you know, when a manufacturer comes into him and says, hey, we, we want to sell you truckloads of this and truckloads of that, and Peter goes, no, give me one. I'm going to burn it in my house or I'm going to give it to one of my technicians or one of my, one of my office people so that they can burn it. And then we're going to look at it. And if it's a good fit in this market, we'll bring it onto the floor. That is looking out for your customers. And it is really, really powerful. You know, you heard me tell the story about when I first got a big green egg. And then later on, when I moved into a house that had, uh, it was, wasn't a great fireplace. It was just a, you know, your average builder grade unit, but it still put out some warmth and we used it all the time. Having those products in my house changed the way that I talked to customers. And, and honestly, probably five years ago, when we, we ripped out that builder unit, we put in a really nice, clean face gas fireplace in our living room. And, and that changed everything because I'd gone through the exact same thing that my customers had gone through. There's this funny story that I might tell later on a podcast one day about when me and my wife were installing our gas fireplace ourselves. And like, I'm a fireplace guy. I'm a former installer. I remember like 10 o'clock at night trying to bash this giant header into my wall above my fireplace. I, I made a huge mistake and had to do some work after the fact. And it was horrible. And I tell that story to customers. I tell that story about, hey, you can install this yourself, but this is what it's like. This is what happened to me. And I'm a fireplace guy. You know, it's worth it to hire professionals. But man, now that we're done, we're looking at that stone on the wall, this beautiful mantle above the fireplace. You won't believe how cozy our living room is. I mean, that is powerful on the sales floor. It's more powerful than any jargon you're going to read in a brochure. And the cool thing with it too is that, so like, you know, my fireplace is is about 30,000 BTUs an hour on high, turns down to 15,000 BTUs an hour on low. Now it's a built-in fireplace. But when I'm talking to a customer about an insert, I can honestly say, you know, hey, I've got something in my house that puts out just about this same amount of heat and this is what it does for me. When I'm selling a freestanding stove, I can honestly say, hey, I've got something in my house that puts out just about this amount of heat. And what's so cool is it can turn down really, really low. It only costs me 15 cents an hour on low. Like you can't even buy a pack of gum for 15 cents and I can run my fireplace for an hour and keep my living room warm. These are powerful ways to sell because it's experience and it's passion. I'm telling you about my life and who can argue with my story. So this is really powerful, and my hope for you is that is that you really took away some things about about how to harness that passion, you know, in yourself, obviously, but also in the people around you. I mean, I just I keep going back to this big green egg thing. But when I first got my big green egg, 
you know, Scott Ongley, when I was working for Lysak's Fireplaces, as a bonus, they gave me an egg. And, and at the time, you know, like I was broke. I'm, I don't know how old I am, 22, 23 years old. And I've got this like $1,200 barbecue setup, and I couldn't believe it. I felt like empowered. And, and all of a sudden, I felt like I had an aspirational identity of like, I do have some status. Yes, I, I, I do have this. I used it in my house and it changed everything. And it actually made me buy into the company itself more because of that generosity that he showed. So if you can do this for your people, it is low hanging fruit. And even if you're in a space where your showroom isn't great, you're dealing with all these constraints, you've got market competition that's got like bigger, shinier showrooms than you. If you've got a team that's passionate about what they do and they fight for the best in your customers, it will be huge. So with all that in mind, you know, my hope is that you can take something here and put it to work, but Peter's going to be writing regularly for the Firetime Magazine and you're going to be hearing about, you know, these kinds of things in all of his articles and I'm super excited for you to be able to consume that content. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash it's fire time. And I'll tell you, we're so thankful for the monthly contributions that we get from you guys. I mean, you can contribute anything from five bucks a month to however much. And, you know, we take all that money and apply it towards the administrative cost of this podcast. We made a monster upgrade with our equipment so that our sound can be even better this season. And this is because of you guys that are supporting the podcast. We thank you for that. And, and you know, it, it means the world to us and we don't take it lightly. So, you know, right now we're, we're in the middle of the off season. We're starting to gear up for barbecues. And, and my hope is that you can take this and apply it because you have time. Remember how crazy last year was. Take the time now while things are a little bit slower and make changes that will benefit your business for years to come. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. <laughs>